And let us begin our celebration in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. To begin our celebration, let's prepare ourselves to meet our God in word and sacrament. Let's take a quiet moment of reflection, look back in our daily lives, look for God's gifts and graces. Let's give thanks for the many things he has bestowed upon us. Also, we recognize there are times we are sinners, so let us seek forgiveness from our Heavenly Father. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my illustrious fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the ladies and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us everlasting life. Amen.
Let us pray. Look upon the offerings of the church, O Lord, as she makes her prayer to you, and grant that when consumed by those who believe, they may bring ever greater holiness. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Thank you. 
Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, brothers and sisters, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed to us. For creation awaits with eager expectation, revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it. I hope that creation itself will be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption the redemption of our bodies. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirty-four. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. 
To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak of them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals it away, what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty-four. The Gospel of the Lord. Summer of 1994, I spent uh, most of it in, in Europe. Uh, did a Spanish course for a month of intensive Spanish in, in uh, Salamanca, Spain, but had uh, some vacation time as well. And uh, another Jesuit who was uh, studying in Europe and I went to Normandy to the uh, uh, landing site uh, from D-Day. It was the 50th anniversary of those landings. Uh, we were there exactly one week after the, the, the anniversary date. So it was great. The politicians were all gone, but all the decorations were still up. Um, it was uh, quite an experience. Um, uh, and maybe the most moving place that we went was the, uh, the United States Military Cemetery uh, above Omaha Beach. Uh, you're on this bluff looking down on the beach, and uh, that land has been given to the United States. It's U.S. territory. Um, and the, uh, the dead from D-Day and uh, the European campaign 
uh, are laid to rest there. And uh, as we walked around the, the cemetery, what we were struck by was uh, the precision of everything, that the graves are laid out in perfect rows, horizontally, vertically, and diagonally. If whatever direction you look, you would see a straight line of the headstone. And we thought two things. One, they're, they're buried uh, in permanent parade formation. And the second thing is, it reminds us of farms, um, the way uh, the rows of crops are laid out. Uh, we were both from Chicago, so we're used to seeing Illinois cornfields. Um, and uh, you could, as you're driving down, you see these, uh, you're whizzing by the fields, just these straight rows. And sometimes following the curve of the land, it'll just gently curve, but it's all laid out perfectly. Um, uh, the difference between modern agriculture and agriculture in the time of Jesus is he tells his parable to folks uh, while sitting in the, the bow of a fishing boat. Um, he talks about how uh, fields were sown in those days. The sower went out to, to sow seed, he says, and uh, um, brought the, the pink of Johnny Appleseed as he trucked across the northern uh, U.S. just uh, with his big bag of, of apple seeds, grabbing handfuls and throwing them out there every now and then. Because that's the only way that you get the story that he's telling here. Um, uh, today, a farmer uh, will have a, a, a rose plowed, uh, almost perfectly straight. In fact, Today, with the, they even got satellite guidance on these things. You can be sure that your rows are straight. The, the seed is measured out so much between each one. Here, this guy's just walking out through the field with a big uh, sack of, of seed, presumably on his shoulder, grabbing it and, and sprinkling it as he goes. And some of it, he says, lands on, on the path, uh, you know, lands on the road. And uh, there, the birds swoop in to get it. If you've ever visited the uh, Piazza San Marco, uh, St. Mark's Plaza in Venice, uh, it's maybe the world's largest collection of pigeons in the world. And there's vendors selling little bags of corn that uh, you can feed the pigeons at. And I took a student group there one of the ways the students found to entertain themselves was to buy a bag of this corn and throw it at the feet of one of their classmates and have a hundred pigeons swarm over them. Um, uh, that's how it ends up on a path, not from, not from plowing the path. Some of the lands on rocky ground, not all the ground uh, is, is uh, sandy soil or, or good black dirt, especially in, in uh, Israel. It's, it's uh, largely a desert kind of area. There's a lot of rocky ground, not that much topsoil on it. Um, uh, some of it uh, is like any garden I've ever tended. Uh, weeds are there and grow up and choke it. Um, uh, and so he gives us these things, but 
Some of this fell on rich soil and produced fruit. 160, 30-fold. The disciples and all those following Jesus listened to this story, and, and it all made sense to them. Uh, they were in the countryside. This was farming territory, although they were standing on a beach here with a guy sitting in a fishing boat telling them about farming. They knew more about it than he did, but uh, they understood uh, this the story of things going, uh, how the sea uh, was by chance almost landed in some place that was good. Um, but the disciples came and said, well, you know, that was all well and good, but why did you, what message was behind it? Why, do you, why are you speaking in this code? And so he gives them a little explanation of that, and then he goes to explain it. Uh, uh, he says, you know, the, the seed, you know, when we started out, he said the seed was, uh, you know, the, the word of God landing in these situations. He says, really, uh, the seed is you. Uh, sometimes it lands on uh, someone who's just clueless. Uh, they hear it, but they have no interest in hearing it. And poof, you know, it's like the birds came and gobbled it up as soon as it landed, uh, it was gone. Uh, the person who doesn't want to hear isn't going to hear. The person who doesn't want to see isn't going to see. Uh, he says, so that's, that's what it's like when you land on the walkway, on the path, on the road. Some of it's sown on rocky ground. And some of those seeds, they'll lay on the rock, they'll get eaten by the birds, but others are going to fall to a crack. And, and there they'll get a little moisture, a little warmth, and poof, they'll sprout. But uh, when the heat of the day comes, uh, there's not enough moisture or topsoil to protect it. Uh, the sun will burn it out. We had heat this last week. Uh, this is nothing compared to the heat they face daily in uh, the desert area of Israel. Um, so, you know, he says, uh, that person, they're the one who, they get this and right away they're excited. Yes, I believe this. And then something difficult comes and they're distracted. And they, they leave that. Well, I'm sure God didn't mean for me to have to put up with someone disagreeing with me, um, we get a lot of that disagreement uh, going on. Some of it rises to the level of persecution. We read stories of things happening uh, in, in Africa and Asia and China, but even in our own country, uh, we hear uh, of things going on. We you know, the Supreme Court case decided just in the last uh, 10 days or so, the, the little sisters of the poor having to sue not to follow uh, one of the health insurance rules that these cloistered sisters uh, running uh, convalescent homes for the poorest of the poor uh, were told they have to, the, their insurance plan has to provide them 
with contraceptive uh, coverage. And they're saying, both of us are elderly, all of us are vowed to chastity, why do we have to pay for this? This goes against, this goes against our religion. And uh, the government said, no, you have to do this. And they ended up having to go to court to, to have their own First Amendment rights done. Uh, they weren't on rocky ground, but uh, you know, we may wonder uh, how many of us are. Uh, we hear uh, another voice coming from the public. Uh, we put that before what we know uh, to be the teaching of the church, what we know to be what God wants us to do. Some of us falls among the weeds and the thorns. He says, well, that's uh, another kind of distraction. It's not uh, someone browbeating you into giving it up. Uh, this is someone enticing you to give it up. Uh, you know, uh, this is where uh, chasing the almighty dollar, uh, this is where uh, chasing the good-looking guy or the good-looking girl, uh, this is where putting aside what we know to be uh, God's word, God's law, for our law, for our own pleasure comes into play. Uh, this is another kind of seed that's out there. Um, and he says, then there's the good seed that falls in the good soil, and it produces a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. We know he's not exaggerating. In fact, he's understating it. When you walk out the church, look across the street. Uh, each one of those cherry trees was planted from one seed. Each one of them right now is weighed down with thousands of cherries. Uh, it's not 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold. It's 1,000-fold or 2,000-fold or 5,000-fold. And who is that? That's uh, the person who hears God's word, uh, takes it into their hearts and into their minds, and listens. Why did he give us this parable? Well, because farming was different then than it was now. Um, farming was uh, less structured, less orderly. It wasn't as neat as it is today. Uh, you know, uh, to tell this parable to uh, our neighbors today, they'd say, well, what kind of an idiot would, would sow seeds like that? Uh, come take a look at my orchard. Come look at my cornfield. Look at my soybeans. Uh, you'll see what, what order is. Uh, you'll see what it is to, to care for this and, and put it there. But the story's not about the agriculture. It's about life. And life is messy. Uh, we have all kinds of distractions. Uh, some of them harmless, some of them ominous. Some of them brought about by our own desire. Um, because life is messy, that uh, that he tells us, you know, you are the seed and the seed is precious. Uh, be careful how you plant it. Be careful how you water it and how you cultivate around it and how you nurture it. Um, but that is what our faith requires. Uh, it takes active work. 
the, they have no straight rows. Uh, they be, on, uh, be able to look on the horizontal, the vertical, or the diagonal and see that straight order. Uh, it takes that kind of self-discipline to live a life of grace. And that's what Jesus is truly calling us to. Let us stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us then and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As God's sons and daughters, as people of faith, let us now bring our needs before our Heavenly Father. For the church, that we may have a way to model of the Lord and be Michelle, as she celebrates her birthday today with her 
sons and daughters and family members. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Loving God, we come before you, pleading you our hopes and desires, knowing that as a loving Father, you will take care of everything we truly need. And so we present them to you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our brother and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. My sisters and brothers, of my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, Almighty Father. May this oblation dedicated to your name purify us, O Lord, and day by day bring our conduct closer to the life of heaven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you laid the foundations of the world and have arranged the changing of times and seasons. You formed us in your own image and set us over the whole world in all its wonder to rule in your name over all you have made and forever praise you in your mighty work. And so with all the angels we praise you, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. He himself took bread, 
In giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. In giving you thanks, he said the blessing, gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to the second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her husband, your blessed apostles, Wenceslaus, and your martyrs, and all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, Walter, our administrator, the order of bishops, all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. The Savior is commanded, formed by divine teaching. Let us pray together the prayer given to us by Jesus himself. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass. And lead us not into the Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord. May the body and blood of Christ keep us safe for eternal life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, says the Lord. Let us pray. Having consumed these gifts, we pray, O Lord, that by our participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.